0: welcome to the International Group of P&I Club's podcast. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the topics discussed at December's Salvage and Rec conference. In this episode, we'll look at effective casualty management and how authorities, salvors and insurers can best collaborate. I'm Danielle Datta, your host, and I'm here with Nick Shaw, the group CEO who chaired this panel at Salvage and Rec. Hi, Nick. Hi, Danielle. So, Nick, before we get into the meat of your session, I'd like to know what drew you to the shipping industry.
1: I guess originally, um, when I was about 18, uh, I managed to get uh, on board a container vessel going to South America as a supernumerary. And uh, I worked my passage out to South America, got to know the crew on board uh, and found uh, being at sea was absolutely fascinating experience. Um, going through the Panama Canal and then going down the west coast of South America. So much so that I I worked my passage back um, uh, on the same vessel uh, at the end of my uh, year down in South America. So um, I I fell in love with the sea a bit. And and after that, I was looking for an opportunity, really, to um, get involved in shipping uh, in some way, shape or form as part of my career.
0: I think it really makes a difference to see something with your own eyes. Um, I only had a chance to go on board a cargo ship quite a few years later in my career and it was really eye-opening to see how things work in real life and also to gain that perspective of the size of ships.
1: Yes, uh, a a lot of people don't realise how large vessels are until they go on board.
0: So turning to the subject matter of this podcast, um, at your session, you were joined by the UK Secretary of State Responsible for Casualties, or SOSREP, and his counterpart in the French Prefecture for the Channel and the North Sea. And you explored this hypothetical incident in the Channel and how the two states would work together. We heard a lot about the Monch Plan. Can you tell us a bit more about what that is?
1: Yes, of course. Um, So France and the UK are very much aware of the potential uh, for one maritime incident to affect both countries' territorial waters. So in uh, 1978, the two offices developed an operational framework known as the Monche Plan. This provides that the two offices meet twice a year, but the main thing it does is define responsibility for action and communication in the event of a casualty. This is really important in an emergency situation as you need to know who has the decision-making power.
0: I mean, that's absolutely right. In the session, it was definitely clear that there was a really good working relationship between those two government offices and an understanding of the need for collaboration. But I had no idea that the collaboration stretched back that far. So is it just the UK and France that have this agreement?
1: Well, uh, that, that's not actually right now, because uh, as the agreement has proved to be successful, uh, later on, Belgium and also the Channel Islands have signed up to it as well. So um, it's, it's four uh, areas now.
0: OK, so it's looking quite good from the governmental side. But what's the, what's the international group done to prepare for a serious incident in the Channel?
1: Well, I think um, it's important to have communications in place before an incident happens. So what we've done at the International Group is develop a memorandum of agreement, uh, which we've presented to various coastal nations, um, and that facilitates communication with the right people at the group uh, and also at the um, International Group p i clubs and also the different maritime authorities.
0: So I suppose time is really of the essence in a casualty situation. So being able to open those lines of communication and encourage collaboration quickly is of obvious benefit to everyone. So have the UK and France signed up to to this memorandum of agreement?
1: Yes, the UK as a whole has signed up and the French administration is set up a little bit differently. Um, But there we have the French prefecture for the Channel and the North Sea, which have signed up. And um, we're working on the other two prefectures uh, in the Atlantic and the Mediterranean.
0: That's great. So um, everyone knows who to call. What about making sure that everyone understands how to handle a casualty practically?
1: Well, our uh, Memorandum of Understanding also provides um, the basis for joint training to be conducted by the group. And so what we do is we host uh, a lot of workshops around the world. Uh, and th- in those workshops, uh, we explain what p is and what our role is in a casualty. Uh, Sometimes we go through the specifics of past casualties or or fictional scenarios even uh, just so that we can plan what to do and um, the idea is that if something happened in real life uh, then both sides will be ready.
0: Okay, so we've heard about the governmental side and the insurance angles, but of course the salvage industry is the star of the show in this kind of situation. In the session we heard about a fictional scenario involving a 20,000 TEU vessel losing power in the channel, listing 15 to 20 degrees and starting to lose containers overboard. What would be the main technical challenges when dealing with a casualty like this in the channel?
1: So on our panel at uh, Salvage and Ret, we had Dirk Jojon of BluTac, and um, he gave us some great insights on that. Uh, First of all, you might have a large number of containers potentially scattered over a large area with lots of seagoing traffic. So you need to identify the location and the spread of those containers.
0: I imagine you also need to know what's in them.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So communication with the owners and the insurers would be key. And you especially need to know if there are any cargoes which might cause environmental damage.
0: OK, so if you have all of these containers in the channel, presumably there's a threat to ships navigating the area.
1: Exactly. And um, uh, you need to liaise with the authorities to ensure the safety of maritime traffic. So with such a big container vessel, the impact could be very significant indeed. And one final issue is that the availability of the right kind of salvage equipment in this location or how quickly it can be mobilised to the area. So you need to think about that as well.
0: Well, it's certainly the disaster scenario that we all hope we never have to deal with. However, the group has seen its fair share of very significant casualties over the years. What lessons have you learned along the way?
1: So one of the uh, purposes of the international group is to um, share... Um, the collective experience. And for some time now, we've been conducting a review of large casualties and trying to understand what went well and um, what we could do better in the future.
0: And what can you do better?
1: Well, one of the things that came out of the review um, was the importance of collaboration, particularly with the maritime authorities. It was this review that launched our wider outreach and the MOU programme.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So I think um, this session highlighted that preparation and collaboration are the key to successful and effective casualty management. The problem is, of course, that you can never predict where the
1: next major casualty will occur. That's absolutely right. Um, At the group, we've tried to focus our attention on the major coastlines or areas of very busy maritime traffic. Uh, But as you say, we can never know exactly where and um, when the next casualty will occur.
0: Well, thanks for joining us, Nick. Um, I've been your host, Daniel Dutta. Next up in our series, I'll be joined by Sam Kendall Marsden to discuss the panel session he participated in on Salva's liability in the modern world.